world of e-commerce can be tricky, and that's why you need the experts to help take you to the next level. This is Delivering E-Commerce, and this is Chris Parsons. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Delivering E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chris Parsons. And today, you've already seen this gentleman's face before and met him on one of our uh, Q&As a few months ago, but I'm really happy to introduce Raji Kalara to our to our next episode here, and I'm looking forward to having his insights on the ton, ton of topics that we're going to cover um, in the news today. Walmart has, or yesterday, Walmart announced some uh, some new initiatives, and also Google with a big announcement over the last couple of days on search. So we're going to tackle those. But before we dive into to all of that, I'm going to let Raji. Raji, thank you for being on my show once again. I really appreciate it. I know you have great insights, great experience. Uh, you're doing a lot of innovative things. And, um, you know, the routine, I always get my guests to tell their personal journey and their story, and I'm looking forward to it. So let's get into it. Awesome. Thanks, Chris, for having me. And, uh, uh, like you know, like I mentioned uh, before the show, I think you've got a great fan, and I'm a fan of the show and happy that, you know, uh, to participate in it. Uh, my background, I won't, I'll try to keep it short, but... I got into the e-commerce side of our business right now through the natural product industry. Um, how did I get into the natural product industry? Um, we won an RFP um, in 2008, a small technology company. Um, Whole Foods only had a couple of locations back in 2008 in Ontario, and they were looking to outsource what they called in-store digital, digital video boards. Digital signage is what they called it. And they were really looking for a clean store policy. They didn't want a lot of POP on the floor. Um, they wanted, you know, not a lot of trifle brochures. They just wanted to make it a great shopping in-store experience. And they allowed us to put together proposals, like four or five companies bidding on it. And, you know, they we came in with a great proposal to do a managed service program for five years for Whole Foods from Toronto to Oakville. And every department was going to have its own television station in store. And I remember meeting with the buyer before we started off. He said, Raj, because we'd won the RFP. And he said, Raj, here's my 600 vendors. And basically the model with Whole Foods is that they were going to use it for their own content in the store across every every department. And uh, our job was to produce this content and manage it with them. And he said, Raj, you're going to have to contact vendors. We're also going to use it. So the vendors have three things they could do with Whole Foods. One is they could do this two-by-three Toronto Star ad that would go out in the flyer every every two weeks in the Toronto Star um, they could do demos on the floor. So if the product can be demonstrated through like a sampling or some form of tasting. Mm -hmm. And then they could use this thing called these, we called it Marketplace Station, where it allowed us to, you know, vendors could do content in the store, in the department, and enhance the shopping experience. And I want to step back, you know, like when we think about digital, doing digital video boards and that stuff, I actually learned a lot and a lot about retail and how do we got into Whole Foods. But, you know, it actually started off um, – back with a little bit of home hardware and how it, how I actually got the job into being a retail person for Whole Foods. Um, I didn't know anything about like, so I came from a background of marketing and business. And so I looked at like, I was really fascinated by advertising. I got into digital signage early, more outdoor video home screens and tried to look at, we built a, an out of home agency that basically aggregated all these video boards across Canada when there were still a dime a dozen. And we try to simplify it for media buying processes. Um, I got invited to speak in Chicago, of all places. They were doing the first out-of-home, like digital out-of-home summit. And in the audience was a company from Markham. 
a couple of guys were sitting in the audience. It was, it was like 300 people in the audience. And they came and said, you know, they said, Raj, hey, we're in Markham. We're running this retail agency. And, you know, you've got a lot of experience. You know, you're from Toronto. We're from, we're from Markham, Toronto. And they said, hey, you know, we'd love to talk to you right afterwards. So I actually wound up taking a job to go head up one of their divisions. And so being an entrepreneur, Chris, you know, like it's, it's when, you, when you're running, when you're working for yourself, it's, it's amazing. When you're working with a big company, um, it actually gets intimidating a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so through this, this was a big agency. I won't, I won't go into, you know, everything about them, but they were basically, they were a historic agency. They were predominantly a retail agency. One of their biggest clients was Home Hardware. And they said, Roger, we're bringing you on board. One of our biggest clients, Walmart, was looking at changing some of the way that they do their in-store from print to video boards in the store. And they said, Rod, you know a lot about the stuff and how it works and we're doing it. And so can you come in and we're going to, you know, you're going to help us model this. And I said, okay. And honestly, I, <laughs> I'd never been so more and so, and so, so nervous in my entire life. I remember, um, I remember my first day on the job was at the office in February, things like February 5th. And they said, Raj, next tomorrow morning, you need to meet us in St. Jacobs, Ontario. We have a meeting with a gentleman named, named Dirk Van Way. And you, you probably don't know Dirk. And so Dirk is um, the guy that handled all visual merchandising inside the store for 27 years for home hardware. And I never, all I heard about is that, you know, this guy was a very serious cookie and everything they painted the picture about him. They said, he's the kind of guy that he loved technology for what it's meant to be. But it was also the the idea that he says, and he would think he would take a shopping cart from behind his desk and put it in front of you and says, I don't care what we do, but it's got to lead to more things going inside the shopping basket here. And so when I got there that, that on a February morning in St. Jacobs, um, you can imagine, you know, myself driving down there in the middle of like, the, like nine o'clock in the morning meeting in St. Jacob, um, meeting a, you know, older, great haired, speckled, chiseled, speckled eyes. And, and he basically, you know, really, he, he called it digital POP. And he calls it, this is, all this is going to be is digital point of purchase. Someone's in the store. They're going to see something on a screen. And it's going to make them purchase something. And I'll just, while I was, although I was really nervous with Dirk in the beginning, um, Dirk actually became one of my best clients and friends over time. We did a lot of amazing stuff together. He retired gracefully um, out of home hardware, but he really taught me a lot about the in-store experience. So I, I, so I became a retail expert because of Dirk and home hardware and going to St. Jacob's many, many times and uh, kind of exploring that home hardware. But I think everyone has to get there. When you go for a dealer meeting, in St. Jacobs, you feel the energy in the town. But um, when we got in Whole Foods, you know, many, many years, years later, um, I fell in love with the natural product industry. I don't know if you ever heard, like it's the Whole Foods era. A lot of these products are not spontaneous. Like, you know, buying supplements and buying probiotics and a lot of these things are not obvious. And so I got into the industry in 2008, um, stuck with, just kind of stuck with it, grew with retailers, grew with a category that needed a lot of help. And my job today at PeopleTail, we're, PeopleTail is in the, you know, we're in the content business, but we're also in the e-commerce distribution business. We help a lot of independent retailers across Canada set up and manage their own e-commerce sites. And we actually do a lot of drop shipping business where we've kind of simplified the way that a lot of these stores can, you know, sell products through their own platforms. And we do all the pick, pack, ship, we fulfill everything. And we're at about 40 or 50 stores now, but we're looking to grow this tip out hopefully a thousand retailers by the end of next year. Wow. That's, yeah. that's great. 
great growth. Um, I, there's a few things to unpack there. Um, first of all, I remember many times trying to launch in-store television and having multiple conversations about in-store TVs and um, re- marketers love them. They think mm-hmm. that a customer is going to engage with them and stand there and watch them and associates hate them because the mm-hmm. com- TV commercials on loop all the time and they, they hear the song or the jingle or the commentary from the sales associate on the, on the screen so often that they're now repeating the, 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 uh, the commercial in as they're, trying to work. So it's funny that you get all this mixed bag of, of feedback on it, but ultimately if, if done right, uh, really successful sales tool in store. Um, and you'll get a lot of engagement from that. Uh, the piece about home hardware, that's, that's home hardware, man. I I've came here and the very first thing they say to you when you start is welcome home. Mm. And that welcome home message is not just cliche. They truly make you feel like family from, from the, the minute you walk in the door and every they set up meetings, you, you work and you have uh, meetings across the organization and everybody treats you the same, that culture, that respect that, um, you know, a lot of people like to truly listen. And uh, when they're meeting you, they, they give you the opportunity to tell the story of your background. Uh, I, I have so much respect for coming to this company and, mm. and really embracing a culture that's quite different than some of the other organizations I, I've worked for and not to discredit the other organizations. They just, these guys just are, are notch above when it comes to, to culture. And I really appreciate you sharing your story about home hardware and, and uh, you, you working with us for a period of time. Um, yeah. I think let's, let's dive into what's going on uh, today in the news. Um, the first article you and I started talking about this morning, which was what Walmart is doing. And the, the article basically was announcing that Walmart is going to start reselling some of their features uh, and technology to other retailers to basically, quote unquote, help them uh, make their sites perform better. Um, what are your thoughts about that article we shared this morning? I think it's going to be interesting. Well, the big, the big interesting part was Adobe coming in. I haven't really seen them in the e-commerce space. I haven't seen their name in there in terms of what they're doing. But I think, I think anyone that's got the, the ability and resources to scale their technology um, out to help other retailers, A, syndicate products to a centralized experience. You know, marketplace selling is not, is, is, is not new, but it's also the ability to kind of, you know, like, syndicate technology to help you know products get you know moved around faster and i think if walmart's going to offer their technology or e-com software so let's envision them like a shopify you know they're going to have a way for people to list products syndicate them have them maybe syndicated to walmart's marketplace offering i think it allows them and i think they're probably looking a lot to the amazon way of doing things that amazon's trying to basically become this place where everyone can list everything and you can have syndicated across different sectors I think Walmart's looking at this. If you have products to sell, um, they are obviously you can do that today on Walmart Marketplace. Um, but how do you how do you offer it so that they can be that, that 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 complete software package for them, and that people rely on the software to list things, sell things, ship things, fulfill things, and also have them sold in a larger ecosystem? I think it's smart yeah. um, that they're trying to do. It'll get a lot of more sellers on them, and I think that's going to be a big part of the growth. Yeah, that syndicated part that you just talked about was was an interesting note. But I saw some of the other um, key points from that article. We're talking about um, the curbside pickup experience and pickup options and all these things that they invested in to make their 
uh, harmonized or omni-channel experience function better, they're now going to turn over some of those technologies so that a, a retailer like myself could plug in that technology onto our own website mm -hmm. and take advantage of, of those tools, utilities, technology, uh, which I thought was really interesting. I'm just trying to understand from Walmart, other than maybe a great way to monetize and get some money back from the investment that it took to create those technologies, what's in it for them? Um, because there's there's got to be something, and, and maybe it's just truly that, that now they're going to have a different tech division that can be more profitable, kind of like Amazon Web Services more profitable than, than Amazon actually selling product. Maybe this is their forte into something like that. Yeah, I think it's a connection. I think it's a relationship. I think it's, you know, Shopify provides software as a service. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a revenue, and, and you can also build on top of that. There's going to be other people maybe developing apps and services that are going to be offered on top of that software, too, as a retail technology. Like, you know, being a, I'm a huge Shopify fan, but I look at, you know, I just look at the ecosystem. You know, we're actually, you know, we're, we're they just launched this Monday, this app challenge for eight weeks. And we're actually, we decided as a company to even do, how do we build something even innovative for Shopify? But I think Walmart opening up a retail technology division, um, trying to offer to other retailers to syndicate products, monetize, build apps. I think it's a smart play in the right direction. Like this stuff's not going away anywhere. And the more that you can spread your wings out to other partners that or vendors, remember, like they deal with a lot of big suppliers too. You know, you're right. dealing with NGs, the Unilevers, the, the massive companies that are probably spending a lot of money and time with Amazon how can they power some of their microsites or some of their, you know, like there's a lot of these independent brands like Unilever can come up with another men's deodorant product. Yes, it will be sold on Walmart, but how can they can use that as well for other entities? So they're dealing with a lot of vendors that they already deal with today. Yeah. Great point. And as you talk about that app challenge, uh, I've, you've heard me probably say this on multiple occasions. Can we develop an universal shopping cart? Can we, can we work on that? Cause uh, I would kill for that myself as a shopper and I, I shop on Amazon, I shop our own website and I'm yeah. building cart after cart and checking out multiple times during the evening. It is the worst digital experience in the world. Have one cart. Let me add all my items across platforms and check out once. Um, that's what I want. So if you want to work on that, please, um, that'll be a great feature to have from an, from an app perspective. Um, By the way, just, just let you know, did you ever watch planet of the apps? There was like a, I don't know you're an Apple guy probably, but there's a TV show they built. So it was featuring almost like a, like a Shark Tank style where app, app, app entrepreneurs came in and pitched their app idea or an right. existing app to a bunch of like you know investors. So Gary Vee, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Alba, and mm -hmm. Will I Am were the judges. It was actually a show. One of, the, one of the participants was a lady that created an app called Dote. So it's called D-O-T-E, Dote. And so basically it's a Dote shopping experience. But she actually... She'd actually done it. Huh. She, it's actually live in the United States today. She's actually made it that it's a universal checkout experience and it's called Dote. But I'll send it to you. It's actually a pretty exactly what you're envisioning. Yep. She's built that a couple of years ago. And so she got funding or something, at least a mentorship from one of the big judges there. And it's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm looking forward to getting that article and I'll share it on uh, on LinkedIn as well so others can uh, see what I'm envisioning. It was, it's funny because I would, obviously I, I interviewed uh, Steve Dennis the other day and talked about Remarkable Retail and uh, such a great book. And uh, as I was describing it to uh, Rob Wallace, my boss, I said, everything that I'm trying to articulate, he does in this book. 
I mm. said, so if you want to understand me, read this book because he is, he is bang on. It was like, he was in my head. Um, I was so excited about that book. I came back and actually we've just bought copies of remarkable retail for about 30 different people in the organization. And we're oh, wow. going to start sharing that book around because it's a, it's a pivotal book that I think uh, a lot of people should, uh, should listen to. Um, Let's talk about some of the other news. So the other news was Google and the power of search and specifically on-site search. They're, they're now launching the uh, capability to uh, retailers to be able to take their search. Um, so we have, we have a search on our website if we want to replace it with Google search and, and leverage that. Apparently, we'll get uh, less uh, search abandonment and um, a, a nice happy path for customers because nothing's more frustrating than going to a website and searching for a product that you know they have and uh, you can't find it. So that was an interesting article that uh, came out today. We've been, so my parents run a small, I don't want to say small, but they run a fabric store near Yorkdale Mall. Um, we have a huge warehouse. We ship around the world. My parents got involved with um, selling fabric online. So they actually got on Shopify about eight years ago. Um, you know, they're both 75 and they just, pack fabric in a bag and ship it out worldwide. It's actually very funny, but actually that, that my, my story on Shopify has always been around this. It's any, like if any, like if my parents can do it, they can do it. Anyone can do it. But I've been spending more and more time learning about, because in, in our world of the supplements and things, I can't do a lot of integrations with Google shopping and Facebook marketing and stuff because there's a lot of regulatory stuff, but with fabric being doing it. So I actually, I play with more with their site to see what I can do. And actually what I, so Google shopping and listing products into the Google sphere, like a Google engine, I yeah. can understand the ideas of what Google is trying to do. Like Shopify is trying to create a simplified way that you can take your product catalog and you can actually import it to the Google sphere to create a more of a Google shopping experience. And, and, and even more so there was trying to be some talk around making it simple that you like, they did this really cool video that said, you know what, you just have to click here and your products get syndicated to, to Google and you can then add, let's say, ten dollars, twenty dollars a day. And as you get, as people start to search into Google for fabric or whatever it might be, you're actually found not just a sponsored listing, but you're actually, your product listings are above the the fold. There, yeah. It's actually a really difficult process. It's actually not as easy as I thought it was, and I've probably spent way more time on it than the average person to try to crack the nut on this. Mm-hmm. But what I the reason I'm going back to is that I could see Google's ambition to become part of the. If, if home like any retail, I won't say home market, but it's like if anyone's can syndicate their product catalog to and be powered by Google, and Google can then hold that data, what they can do is then start to monetize it so that when people go to Google, look for a shovel or hammer or whatever it's going to be. Hey, it's not, you know, they can actually surface it faster and yeah. actually encourage those small businesses to spend money on boosting and sponsor ads. It's all part of their ecosystem. So it's actually, again, I would say it's a really smart play. How do you get the catalogs of e-commerce worlds to be syndicated and hosted by Google in a much more, much more easier manner? So I could definitely see that being a big, like a definitely big, Google wants to be the single destination. When you think of anything, that universal cart idea that you're thinking about, yeah. like it's actually, if I think anyone's going to do it, it's going to probably be Google's where you just go there, I need this and add it to a cart right on Google. And then it's just basically maybe pushes out orders or does stuff, but it figures out a way that, that it's just there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if anyone's going to do it correctly, it will be a Google. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about the in-store shopping experience or the mall experience, I think 
that universal cart could be used there as well. If I'm going from store to store, I go get a haircut. I don't want to check out 20 times while I'm shopping that mall. I yep. want to just get all my stuff, go out one entrance and check out once as I'm leaving that mall. It would save so much time um, and frustration for customers. So I think, I think we're onto something. Um, what I think though, when I see Google announce something like this is <clears throat> years ago, Google used to be the number one search for products. Mm -hmm. And now we all know it's Amazon. People go to Amazon first to search for products. They get more searches on products than, than anyone else, specifically Google. So I think this is a way for Google to now recapture that, that crown. And because if they're integrated on multiple retailers websites, plus they have the Google search um, search bar, they'll become the number one destination for products again. And they'll be actually smarter because they'll be collecting data insights across your profile, across multiple retailers um, through their Google account, right? So I think, I think it's a brilliant move and I'm excited to watch watch this one. And if, if it can make retailers search better, it's just gonna be a better conversion experience for customers. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that coupled with the, the, the race for voice, right? So voice is, we're all getting these, I mean, they got, you know, I have like five of them in my house now, but like they, we've got these devices that are in our, in our, in our households. And I don't think people are really using it for commerce yet. Like I don't, I use it for news. I use it for um, solving a problem, like a, like a one cup to ounces, or I listen to a lot of music and just things like this in the background. And but the joke of the day, right? Joke, yeah. Joke of the day. Um, but I think commerce is the big frontier. So everyone's trying to figure out like if Amazon or Google, both of them want to be embedded to this place that one day you'll ask it a question and it's going to become much more seamless that, Hey, if Google has that data sitting in there and Hey, do you want to shift over? They're going to try to be embed themselves as fast as possible into every yeah. touch point. I'm glad you bring up voice search because I, I just had this dialogue with my team less than a week ago <clears throat> where uh, I was talking about my vision of where e-commerce, commerce, let's call it commerce. Let's not call yeah. it e-commerce. Let's call it commerce where commerce is going to go. And ultimately, I don't even think customers, other than maybe if they want to go and get a lot of detailed, rich information, will be going to a WWW anymore. They will be sitting there experiencing a TV commercial, watching a show and say, hey, Google, I want to buy that shirt from that commercial that I just saw or that show instantly on the screen on maybe the left-hand side will come up with the various options of where they can shop and get that item from. And then they'll make their purchase decision right in the moment. There will be no, hey, I need to go and pick up my cell phone and and or they'll just say to their cell phone, hey, Google or you know, Siri or whatever, um, and make their purchase just like that. It's going to be more of an experience shopping versus typing in a URL to get to product search. Um, and that's what's really exciting. I could be in my friend's backyard and see they got a new fire pit and just be like, scan it with my phone and, and buy that item. And there we go. Oh, totally, totally. There's, there's, there's a lot of instances where I can see like, you know, like, like you know, making shoppable Instagram and shoppable feeds and having these tags kind of appear. I can definitely see, you know, shows in the near future, having some form of tag or some kind of message where like the black shirt you're wearing, it's like, you know, you want to buy the shirt right away. You want to buy something and maybe just voice activated or just a couple it'll click with the remote buy click and done. It's like, it's just, everything's done through instant gratification. Um, there was that, I don't know if you ever heard, like there was a guy that was many, like when we, I'm thinking like 20 years ago now, he had actually, it was from Montreal, I forget the name of the company, but he had actually pioneered, when, when interactive TV started, like mm -hmm. this idea of having smart TVs and stuff, he started to build the, he, it was in Montreal with a cable system, and he basically 
went to all the big advertisers and said, listen, there's going to be a short form, let's say, Lexus commercial. And what he wanted to do is prove the theory that people that would want to see long form. So Lexus, when they create a 30 second, there's always a 15 and a 30. But there's probably a two minute version somewhere out there that they've created. Is They can't buy the airtime for it. So this eye would flash up on the screen and you would press this button on your remote would actually show you the long form stuff. And they really thought that interactive TV is going to be a big part of the future. And I can see commerce, you know, just being a big part of the TV experience in the near future. Um, you know, Amazon Fire, these TVs are all going to be powered somehow through these guys. Yeah, and I think they were onto something, especially with a little bit longer form than just the snippets of a 30-second commercial. Yeah. Um, ultimately, when I watch watch my son and his friends consume TV, they don't actually consume TV anymore. They consume YouTube. Um, and it's all of these 5, 10, 15-minute segments that they're watching. They're not watching <clears throat> one-and-a-half-hour movies. They're not watching sitcoms on TV. They're watching all of these influencers. And I've actually, I mean, to be honest, I just upgraded to YouTube uh, Prime or Premiere because uh, I get I don't have to watch those commercials anymore. And uh, I can consume much more content. And since I've picked up a new hobby of fishing, um, I've been watching all kinds of influencers and going deep into those products. And they'll mention a product on their their channel. And then I'll want a 15-minute demo on the newest and latest and greatest fishing kayak. Um, but now that technology is there, the years ago, you wouldn't have this, um, you know, what did uh, Steve call it the other day? microtransaction. So basically what he was saying was everyone refers to a transaction from the purchase of a product, but it's the microtransactions that really build up. And the more microtransactions that you can have with a customer, the greater conversion will be. And uh, see, I keep talking about his book. It's all this free advertising for him lately. Um, but ultimately it really related to exactly what we're trying to accomplish as marketers, as retailers is this, this journey of, okay, I'm going to start researching a product. I'm going to allow a customer to find it and and research it through multiple channels, whether it be social commerce, whether it be the website, whether it be in-store. But all of those stories have to connect to one another and also let customers know if, I mean, how many times you can go to a product now, you can just scan the, the barcode on it and up comes a, a video about that product. Like those are the things that really are really innovative and exciting about retail these days, which you couldn't do 10 years ago. I think it's, I think it's amazing. I can, <clears throat> I can see in the very near future, Mark Cullen coming on. Is it Mark Cullen, right? Yeah. Talking about, and I always get fascinated by the around fertilizers because I just don't know which one to buy. And so it's like, he has this great one. He puts it on and it's got the iron plus and it's got this. And it's like, I could just sit there and be seeing like some kind of message come on screen, have it shipped now, order it right now. And having yep. your, wallet connected to your system and that fertilizer just magically showing up next day at your house. But that Instagram, like seeing it, wanting it, getting it is where everyone's going to push. And no matter what we do, everyone's going to be as frictionless as possible to get to there. And TV is just another platform where ads, commercial ads are going to be now commerce ads in right. these kind of things. Right. So I think that's going to be amazing. And it gives it another broadcast medium to create kind of beautiful immersive content that has this commerce conduit to it. And certain advertisers are going to jump all over it, but I could definitely see that coming in probably less than, I'll say less than three years for sure. Mm -hmm. Depending on how things accelerate. 
And that frictionless commerce that you just referred to, what's exciting is as retailers, we can now start to, you want to buy some fertilizer, you, mm-hmm. you've you identified how much fertilizer this season that you needed or throughout the course of the summer into fall. Next year, now I know, I know what you need. I can be messaging you just before the season to make sure you haven't moved, you haven't left, you, so you're going to probably consume the same amount. Yeah. Um, isn't it great that I can just give you an option? Hey, do you want to repeat that order? Right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you don't even have to think about it. We'll we'll bring it right back to you. Um, right. So, so that that's that's stuff that you know guys are already doing this stuff. We're talking about it as if it's it's coming. It's here. People are doing these similar things. So, yeah. it's really exciting. What else have you seen in the news lately that's uh, sparking some interest from? Maybe it's the health food industry, or maybe maybe it's your your mom and dad with the fabric industry. I mean, you know, I've been an entrepreneur entrepreneur multiple times. I have hockey socks, which is these cut resistant socks that we created with uh, with a manufacturer out of Montreal. Um, hopefully, one day I can hand that business over to my son because I don't have time for it right now. I'm too busy doing podcasts. Um, but when I when I get to talk to other entrepreneurs, and as you said, it if your mom and dad can get into it and find a category and thrive on it, it's really exciting. And even if you're not super successful from a, from a monetary perspective, the learnings that you get out of it make you stronger in your date, your full time business as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think. I spend most of my time in the world of natural product category and I do read a lot and I try like what I love watching your episodes. Cause I just get to take that little bit of time where I would typically read an article. I watch a delivering e-commerce podcast. So I just learn, I try to learn from different perspectives, but 99% of my time is consumed in the natural product world and in the Shopify world. We're just like everything we do is around Shopify technology. So I was fascinated to see a lot of things coming out of the unite, um, uh, a convention that just took place maybe about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of the things that you know Shopify is pushing into, um, but I do try to read as much as I can. Like, I think what I'm, what we look at in terms of where the future, where we think it's going to go, in terms of like not to us people, but where we think commerce is going to go. Like, we think, I think the last frontier that no one's touching right now is really about this ability that is. You know, I think people are going to be a big, a big, big part of the e-commerce experience. Like, I don't, have you ever tried an Oculus, Chris? Yeah, I have. I have. Um, I actually tried one. <clears throat> Maybe it wasn't exactly an Oculus, but um, in, in Waterloo, there's a building where Google has this this hub of different entrepreneurs, and they you go into their hallway and you can can try different things. And it was very similar to an Oculus, where it was just such a great experience. But a, yeah, go ahead. Or it's it's once you understand <clears throat> the power of what. The, the Oculus headset or the VR headsets are going to do, and we've been trying them for a few years now. You really and there's a world of there's, there's actually a YouTube VR channel where people around the world are just publishing 360 or VR related type content. The content, like as long as these are my on my phone is, but as long as the phones get keep getting better, we're getting better broadband, we're getting better cameras, better. We as humans are going to be creating amazing content. So that's so that's that's a certainty. Yeah, uh, I think people are starting to, you know, be accustomed to following ideas, leaders, you know, you know, photos, videos, experiences, and I think, I think the ability for people to be part of that commerce experience is going to become natural, and you know, and enabling them to be part. So, like, I'll use my my story that I always say. Thing I always think of Walmart, and I look at it. So, I so Walmart to me, and to our team is that you know every retailer is just a platform. That's this is all it is. It's a platform to do stuff. And I think what Walmart, you know, instead of Walmart pushing down a lot, I look at a retailer looking at this, you know, 
I think Walmart's got thousands and thousands of consumers that could help share and advocate ideas around moms saying, hey, it's back to school. What are you doing? What are you doing? And let them to publish ideas about products that are available on the walmart.ca or .com mm-hmm. platform. And content helping people sharing what other people are doing and buying through these things is going to become inevitable um, where people just like to shop through each other's, each other's content, whether it be videos, recipes, how to make up tutorials, do it yourself at home. Um, and Walmart and like a lot of other, I believe like they're going to, I think we're going to focus on, they're just going to become more of a logistics company yeah. of how do these move products as fast as possible from one, from point A to point B. Cause I think content's going to become the number one driver for every retail experience possible. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you right there. I think everybody's double tripling down on their logistics capabilities from a retail perspective, because, you know, most brands can now do DTC, they can go direct to consumer themselves. So what's going to make you um, as a retailer stand out, and that's going to be your customer experience, your logistics network and the ability to get it to a customer quicker. um, And that, that, I mean, you said it best earlier, where it's like, I want to get it now. um, And that's, that's a consumer, right? Like who wants to wait 10 days to get a product? I might as well just go to the store and buy it if that's the case. But um, I, I really think the logistics is, is where there's going to be winners and losers when it comes to retail. And the, uh, the, the VR, I mean, if you watch any of the videos on YouTube and see what the testing labs are doing as far as a, a retail experience where you can actually engage with associates right into your VR set, I think the, the nice thing with the evolution of cell phones, cell phones is they've become this great vending machine of apps. Like literally, if you look, walk up to a vending machine and you think about all the different candies you can select, that's exactly your phone right now. It's a vending machine of, of apps. Now, I wish a phone could actually be a phone, though. Can I get a phone call without dropping that call? Because that would be fantastic. I can do everything else with the phone, but I can't have a call. Is is the most frustrating. But I live in St. Jacob, so maybe that's... Maybe that's why. Um, yeah, it's amazing. They, they, these devices are becoming much more smarter. Um, like the visual search capabilities, ability. Like I don't use Android, but I've seen. Like I'm fascinated by the Android offering. Are you an, an iPhone or Android guy? I'm on Google Pixel. We're in Google, so yeah. So you probably have a lot more kind of really cool futuristic technologies of scanning things, doing stuff like that, and even that the iPhone has. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I love about it is I can scan <clears throat> anything with my phone. And the other piece that I really love is this Google Assistant that they're rolling out. So mm-hmm. if I get a phone call come in, <clears throat> I can screen the call and the Google Assistant will start talking to that person and asking them questions about what the phone call is about. And then at a certain point, it will give me options to uh, either pick up or continue to have questions asked to get clarity of what this person, individual wants from my time. Right. Um, and uh, ultimately, from some of the demos that I saw, there's a great... Google um, demo where if you say I wanted to ask my phone to book a, an appointment for me to get a haircut at 530 at my regular barbershop, it can now do that for me, um, which is really amazing. So I don't have to wait online or wait on the phone. Um, just talk, talk to Google Assistant and say, book me that haircut appointment and it will do that for me. So I'm excited. That's not here in Canada yet, but I'm excited for, for that technology to be out because God knows I need multiple assistants to run my day. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think when, when when Sundar did that, the Google CEO did that presentation uh, recently, and he basically allowed a voice assistant be able to kind of interact 
um, through an AI mechanism, it kind of blew people's minds. Yeah. And people, I think a lot of businesses, a lot of small businesses are dependent on Google, A, as a search option, B, how to get there. The Google business listing is becoming such an important box yeah. for reviews, hours of operation. Um, you know, if they can syndicate products and services through what Google's trying to do is like, how do you get them to be syndicating their products and services into the, where Google can almost become that commerce engine to book it right away. It's going to become an amazingly, it's going to become a very powerful tool for consumers to just go to Google and just like you like said, and book a haircut or book a handyman or book a plumber or whatever it might be. And thus the micro, you know, a lot of service people are going to depend on being discovered through Google. Yeah. Google is going to be that operating system for this. And the other thing, I don't know if you've noticed with Google, what they've done is they kind of gamified um, your, your travel. So, you know, if I traveled to North Bay uh, a couple of weeks ago to do some fishing with, with my family. And what happened was as I got, as I took pictures of the different hotel I stayed at, the, uh, the fishing trip, it was asking me to upload any of my content to Google right. of those destinations and rate right. them. And then all of a sudden you get a couple of weeks later, X amount of people have now viewed your, your yeah. information. Well, now all of a sudden I feel special that people are looking at my photos and they've really gamified um, and getting you to do some work for them, which is fantastic because it just gives them richer content to feed up to other people so they, they can make better shopping and purchase decisions. Um, but they're leveraging user-generated content like never before. Absolutely. UGC is, is, is an amazing product. I've done a lot of reviews where we left a, a Google review. So people, a lot of businesses, um, like where I got eyeglasses from before, and they said, you know, hey, dude, we, would you really help us out if you could leave us a really good Google review? And then you get this amazing notification that, you know, 79 people have thought your review was helpful or found it or that it was like, wow, like I didn't, I didn't really. And my first experience around reviews is around TripAdvisor. I think, you know, I started to realize that the more and more we get dependent on looking at other people. So things that are not spontaneous, like going on a trip, buying a TV, buying a car, buying certain things. Mm -hmm. We are these human things where we're shopping on Best Buy for that amazing TV. <laughs> but I'm spending most of my time on YouTube watching a guy literally unbox it, hang it on the wall, walk through the entire demo of the entire thing. And so we, we, we become way more smart. And that's what I was saying earlier is that becoming the stores are just going to be a glorified logistics engine. Then if someone can learn everything they can about building a deck or buying a TV or, you know, buying a Tesla or buying whatever, they're just going to go and seek out these destinations of where, where can I get it from as fast as possible? And I think, you know, consumers are a, a major, major part of that, the shopping experience. I got a question to throw back at you. Have you, have you ever been involved in any form of the affiliate marketing world in the past? Does the world affili affiliate mean anything to you? Yeah, I've been part of it with um, Rakuten, um, Linkshare at one point as well. And uh, really, um, you know, getting your product feed or your your catalog out onto different publishing platforms, allowing customers to that wouldn't typically shop your your brand to have exposure. And then, you know, your the goal is that they don't stay on like a smart Canucks or red flag deals or you're engaging them and having them come back to your website and purchase, collecting your email ad their email address. And then now you have a shopper that hopefully you'll have a lifetime value with. Um, yeah, I've been leveraging them off and on for, for a number of years where I struggled with some affiliates early on was they kind of try to take credit for every sale versus um, the metrics behind the true, this person was not your shopper before 
we've captured a new shopper and we're, we're, we're showing you true value. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got introduced to affiliate by, by, by kind of by fluke. I don't know. It was many, many years ago. I don't, I'll say around 2005 ish. Um, I think Walmart had just put up a website. I keep using Walmart in mind all my examples today, but yeah. I've been watching. So it was like, I was like, so I, I wanted to find a way to work with them on some other frontier. And I was like, and I, I, and you, I would see this thing in the bottom of the footer called affiliate program. I didn't, and I didn't, Chris, I was stupid. I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is an affiliate program? And it's like, we'll pay you money to, if you have this, you do this. And I was like, they're going to pay money. If I put a banner on my website and I drive mm-hmm. traffic to Walmart can or Walmart's website, they will pay. And it was like, wow, it's a partner program. And then the yep. more I started researching is that, a lot of retailers had these things called affiliate. Again, me, I was clueless about even what it was. There was a way to track things from one site to another site, but you had to register and go through that process to do it. Yeah. So I started to learn it, and I was just, again, past time looking about it. And then I remember many, many, many years later, looking back into the same – so Rakuten used to be called Linkshare. Yep. And then it was you know Commission Junction. There was only a couple of companies that actually owned kind of like majority of the space. So if you're a major retailer – you're using one of the one products. of the two, yeah. That's it, and like yep. there's a lot of smaller players, but this was it. Like this, these are the guys you got to deal with. So everyone from Home Depot to Apple to Staples to you name it, everyone was using one of these things there. And you know, one of the things that fascinated me, Chris, is that, and the reason I'm going to get to why this relates to e-commerce is that I think the world of affiliate and e-commerce are going to collide in a major, mm-hmm. major, major way. The problem is that is that and I keep saying the thing around people is that the idea is that around the, it's, it's hard to attribute someone to this. So if, so what we work with a lot of influencers in my, my world, I work beauty yep. influencers, nutritionists. I work with a lot of personal trainers that are influencers in their space. And they all want to talk about proteins or beauty products or whatever it is. And they want to be attributing sales. Ask any one of them, go sign up for Amazon's associate program, go sign up for, well.ca's program go sign up for whatever i'm just using like just different yep. examples it's like signing up for a mortgage application it is painful 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 that's step one step two generate a product link for these guys off the back end of one of these systems yeah it's impossible and so i look at the ideas that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to participate in the success of e-commerce they're going to want to hand attribution and the affiliate technology which is kind of the incumbent it's still in the they I think affiliate people think that everyone's still running a website and putting banners on the website. That's all they think. Here's your HTML code. But for the Walmart mom that's living on her phone or her iPad or whatever, and she's like trying to send her her her, her stuff to her, another community of moms, mm-hmm. she can't do it because the, these companies have made it technically impossible to do it. And so <clears throat> I I I something's that we're really passionate about is that I think the worlds of affiliate. And e-commerce are going to clash in such a beautiful way in the very near future, such that I think I think it's going to revolutionize the way that there. And Jeff, Jeff Bezos has this great quote: "Like your margin is my opportunity." Mm-hmm. That's the way he thinks about it. And I think the way that the way that affiliate, you know, these things kind of work. Like people making one percent and two percent is not going to move anyone. And in, in sure, but like, so we work with a lot of brands in terms of where I don't realize that by the time a product actually hits the shelf. There's so many people touching it along the way from the manufacturer. Then it goes to a distributor. A distributor goes to a broker. Broker goes to the retailer. By the time the man, so there's like seventy or eighty percent of margin, yeah, sitting there for grabs. Yeah, and I think with a lot of the newer brands coming in or manufacturers are going to want to go direct. 
I think you're going to see this influx of people and brands saying, you know what? We can top and make it simple for the everyday influencer or content person to help me do this and attribute sales to them through some form of affiliate technology. I think those are the people that are going to win. And I think it's going to getting a lot of micro retailers to be involved in the success of moving products way more than um, sometimes than the retailers do. Yeah, I, I love where you're going with this. I've had so three companies that I've met with over the last three months. One is iDevise, the second is Salesfloor, and the mm-hmm. third is Teaster. Um, all of them do a various micro-influencer platform. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> iDevise, uh, the great example they have is if a customer is coming to our website and needs to have some engagement with um, – with a with an with a, a pro on electrician or how to build a deck, we as a retailer can leverage those pros to speak directly to a consumer, and they get rewarded for every sale that they close. So it's not just text; it's live stream. Maybe they're working in their maybe they're working in their kitchen right now on a plumbing thing, and they need to get a hold of a plumber. They reach out right from the site. Plumber can give them some tips and maybe tell them they need a different product. They go to the store and get it. Fantastic. Sales floor, um, what they're doing is taking the influencer at store level. So you have a relationship with your local home hardware yep. and maybe maybe you have a, an associate, let's call her Karen, that you really appreciate, but you can't get to the store to see Karen today. But Karen knows that you just purchased a bunch of stuff for maybe you were building a doghouse this weekend. Um Instead of going back to getting in the car, driving to the store, you can actually schedule an appointment with Karen on our website. And when Karen's available and you see the times that she's available, you can continue that shopping journey from online uh, with Karen that says, oh, yeah, I remember you were buying this, this and this. And here's here's your opportunity. You're missing X. Fantastic. So micro influencers at store level, people you trust, you can either then go back to the store or if that store has the ship to home capability, they can ship it out to you and you're, you're set to go. And then Teaster is all about user generated content and they get rewarded through whether it be sample products or a points program. And what they're doing is enriching the product page experience. So when you, how many times do you go to a, a, you know, maybe you're looking for a barbecue and you see some specs on it, but does it fit your lifestyle? Maybe I barbecue in my garage. Maybe, maybe you know what I'm experiencing with my barbecues is a lot of rust because you know what? I don't let it cool and I shut the lid and I throw the cover on it and all this condensation builds up in it. Manufacturers and suppliers are not solutioning for that type of customer. But these user-generated content videos can really tackle some of these issues and upload that content to your website. Well, if they're going to do that, how do we reward them for, for those experiences those tips and and the the other concept is you can start leveraging this user generated content to tackle specific q a's on your product so you know as i'm searching for i don't know a fishing ice fishing auger this year and i'm trying to figure out which battery powered one i should go with because i need to drill x many of holes on a specific day and i want to make sure this battery is going to last when i ask that question a user generated um, video could be produced to say Here's the latest ion uh, auger, and I was able to do 100 holes over the weekend. Post that video, answers my question. Thousands of people have asked that question. Now you've got a real person who's used that product and and post it. So all of these things are blending, and they all tie into an affiliate program as well. It's just instead of it being a blogger or a 
um, an influencer or a publishing website, you're now letting virtually anyone that has any in, any tie to a product be that micro influencer. And, and those things are just mind blowing when you can start to get a story from. So instead of me just asking you, what do you think of a Jeep Wrangler? I can now get that information about a Jeep Wrangler from so many different touch points before I make that purchase decision. Well, it's amazing. It's amazing. And um, we, uh, we got engaged with a large retailer um, a few months ago and, you know, he says the exact same thing, Chris. He's like, Raj, I've got sales associates, even the store sometimes have some downtime. And he goes, we have this amazing, amazing Shopify experience already. Wouldn't it be amazing? Someone can post a question, but also to add some bonus rewards so that if I was, John, I'm sitting in the store and, you know, someone's posted a question and I can actually literally whip out my phone. I can show them the product in real time, what it is, how it works, my, my own opinion on it and press send back to the customers. The customer gets a really beautiful experience of people that are online that are willing to kind of kind of like the, the gig economy, the people that are, yeah. that want to ride with people that are willing to give a ride. Imagine that kind of idea between people that are online and willing to help out and provide some kind of feedback and can get some attribution to the sale and some kind of perk for helping someone make a purchase. So facilitating those two abilities and then also like the platform is just the store. And I think yeah. that's that to me is the ultimate experience of just having, you know, I, I, I think I said during my first episode, like, you know, not just having a product sit against a white background, but bringing, bringing, being it brought to life yep. some capacity <clears throat> with real authentic people that have, verified purchases that know what they're talking about, can explain things properly and help people with more assisted way of buying things through live video on demand video or things like this is going to be an amazing, amazing part of the future of the commerce experience. Yeah. Uh, Talking to you has got me so excited, but I'm going to have to wrap this up. (laughs) We're, uh, we're 50 minutes into this thing and uh, I'm starving to be honest. I haven't ate much all day today. So my friend, thank you so much for this episode. I know people are going to love it. Um, how, I mean, it's in it's in the, the name here, your email address, but yeah. how can people get a hold of you? Because, you know, <clears throat> your experience, the, the fact that you can uh, talk, you, you said at one point you felt stupid about affiliates. My friend, you know so much about e-commerce and the digital world now. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You can hold your own in the ring of e-commerce and uh, it's a lot of fun. So how can people get a hold of you? Uh, just on email, LinkedIn, and uh, we're based on the east side of Toronto and, and uh, more than happy to engage with anyone. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Have a great night, a great evening. Enjoy your the rest of it. And you're welcome as a guest anytime. So anything that you have new, anytime you want to talk tech in the business, I will be happy to include you into our conversation. You're always welcome. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Cheers. You've been listening to Delivering E-Commerce. It's our passion to have on leaders and suppliers in e-commerce from around the globe, setting you and your strategy up for the next level. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. Connect with Chris on LinkedIn at Chris Parsons on LinkedIn and Spotify at Delivering E-Commerce or on YouTube at Chris Parsons Delivering E-Commerce. Till next time, this is Delivering E-Commerce.